Sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ is risen. We have gathered together this Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and what that truth means for our lives. And to do that, we're looking at the theme for GEMS this year, which is bringing the message. And so we based our sermon on that theme this morning with the, with the title, Go and Tell. All year long, the GEMS have been uh, looking at this theme from the book of Isaiah. And here in verse 8, where God says, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah responds, Here am I, send me. The GEMS have been looking at this core truth, uh, about that, that because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, we, like Isaiah, are called and commissioned to preach the gospel of the resurrection to the whole world. We are called by God to bring this message of hope and peace and love, just like Isaiah was. But wait a second. Is this the right passage? Did we read the right passage? Because this doesn't, this doesn't seem like a message of hope and peace and love. It's the, the, the message that Isaiah has given here is, is kind of a scary message. It, it's a message of judgment. Be ever hearing but never understanding. Be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. This doesn't seem like a very upbeat gospel message. This, this doesn't seem like a message of God's deliverance from, from sin. This, this is kind of a scary message. It's a message of, of judgment, a message of, that, that brings fear. And, and it, doesn't, it looks like it's not the message that Isaiah was expecting either because he right away says, for how long, O Lord? How long am I supposed to bring this message? And God says, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone away and the land is utterly forsaken, and though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. Oh man, this is tough. Why did you guys pick this passage as your theme? Isaiah volunteers to bring God's message to the people of Israel, and then God says, tell the people of Israel that they've sinned too much, and now I have to punish them. My people have turned away from me so completely that now they can't turn back. It's too late. And everybody's probably like, well, Pastor John, you could have just ended the Scripture reading with verse 8. And that's the temptation, right? The temptation is to just focus on the nice parts of the Bible, to just focus on the parts of the Bible that don't challenge us, that don't uh, make us feel afraid, that don't talk about God's judgment. But the tough parts of the Bible, the tough parts of the Bible are what make the nice parts of the Bible so nice. Without this message of judgment, there is no justice. And without justice, there is no mercy. If God doesn't punish sin, then Jesus, there was no reason for Jesus to die for our sins. Without justice, mercy isn't really mercy. And this is what Isaiah realizes even earlier in the passage, earlier in the part that we read before. In the year that King Isaiah dies, the King Uzziah dies, not Isaiah, Uzziah. In the year that King Isaiah died, Isaiah saw the true king 
of the whole world seated on his throne. He saw him seated on his throne high and exalted and his robe filled the whole temple. Isaiah sees how holy God is. He sees how awesome God is. He hears the angels calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah's response to this is that he falls to the ground and he cries out, woe to me, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah cries out, woe to me, I am ruined, because he sees the holiness of God. And God's holiness means that God can't stand sin. God hates sin so much that sin can't survive in his presence. And Isaiah knows that he isn't perfect. He knows that he has sinned. He knows that his lips are unclean. And because of that, he knows that since he's before God, since he's in front of God, face to face with God, now that he has seen God, which you notice that not even the angels are looking at God. The angels are covering their faces. But Isaiah sees God. And he knows that he has to face God's judgment for his sins. And Isaiah knows what the judgment of God against sin is, and he's terrified. Woe to me, I am ruined. And sometimes this is how we feel. We know that God calls us to be good. We know that God calls us to love our neighbor as ourselves. We know that God wants us to do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with God. We know that God wants us to be like Jesus. But we always fall short. We always miss the mark. Sometimes we don't love our neighbor because we don't really like them that much or because we don't have enough time or because we're so busy doing the things that we want to do or that we have to do that we forget Sometimes we don't serve others because we think that we're not qualified or because we feel like we're not smart enough or we don't have the right skills or because we're too scared. Sometimes we don't love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength because the Bible is too confusing or because we sometimes just don't feel like it. And we know that we're not good enough to stand before God in His awesome holiness, in His almighty power, in His purity and His perfectness. We're not good enough because we sin. And that's a scary thing when we think about it. And it was scary for Isaiah too. Isaiah sees God. Isaiah sees God's holiness and almighty power. He sees how awesome God is here in this passage. And Isaiah knows that he's not good enough. He's not good enough. He knows that he's sinned. He knows that he's a man of unclean lips from a people of unclean lips. And he knows that someone who is unclean can't see God and live. Woe to me. I am ruined. That's what Isaiah says. I am ruined. So how awesome is it how powerful, how beautiful, when God, instead of punishing Isaiah, purifies him. God is holy and Isaiah is unholy. But God makes Isaiah holy by forgiving his sins and cleansing 
his lips. God purifies Isaiah so that Isaiah can be in the presence of God and can see God and can bring God's message to his people. Instead of punishing Isaiah for his sin, God takes away Isaiah's sin and makes Isaiah holy. And this is what God does for us, too. Instead of punishing us for our sins, God takes our sins away. He makes us holy so that we can live with Him and do what He calls us to do and one day see Him the way that Isaiah saw Him in all of His glory and awesomeness with angels dancing around Him, singing about just how awesome He is. Isn't that a cool image? Angels dancing around God, singing about how awesome He is. It's just really cool. (laughs) God gives Isaiah this message to bring to the people of Israel, and it's not a happy message. It's not a happy message. It's a message of judgment, but right at the end of the message is this message of hope, and it's this message of hope that gets fleshed out through the rest of the book of Isaiah and through the rest of the story of the Bible. Right here at the end of verse six, of chapter 6, in verse 13, God says that even trees that are cut down can grow back, that a holy seed will be left in the land, and that one day that seed will grow into a new tree, a holy tree, a tree that can live and flourish in God's presence, a tree of life. And that seed, that holy seed that Jesus is talking, that, that, that God is talking about here, that seed is Jesus. Jesus is the holy seed that grows out of the stump. Jesus is the holy seed that grows into a new tree, into a tree of life whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. Jesus becomes the tree of life for us. And this is the story of the gospel. This is the story that God has given us to bring to the ends of the earth, that that God became a human being in the person of Jesus, that he died for our sins and was raised to new life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus takes away our sins and gives us new life. Jesus makes us holy so that we can live in God's presence and love him with everything that we are and show that love to our neighbors too. This is the good news that we've been talking about for our whole series after Easter this year and that you guys, that you gems have been talking about for your whole year about bringing the message of the resurrection. Christ is risen. Let's try that again. Christ is risen. Jesus has taken the punishment for our sins. He has defeated sin and death so that we don't need to be afraid. He has given us new life. And this message is not only for us. It's for the whole world, for all peoples and nations across the whole world. This is the message of life and hope and joy and peace and love that God gives us to bring to the world. But even though this message that God gives us is a message that's exciting and and life-giving and encouraging, it can still be scary to bring the message. It can be scary to tell people that God loves them and that God wants them to love him. We saw that a little bit in the skit today. Sometimes people don't want to hear 
that God loves them. Sometimes people don't believe that God loves them. Sometimes we get scared when we try to bring this message of God's love to people because we think that we're not good enough or that we're not smart enough or that we're too shy or that people might not like us if we tell them about God. We don't know what to say. But God will give you what you need to say, like Isaiah. Isaiah thought that he wasn't good enough too, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of people through the whole Bible who God calls, and they all think that they're not good enough. When God calls Moses to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let his people go, Moses tells God that he's not very good at talking to people. When God tells Abraham that he's going to become the father of a great nation and that he will have many children who will fill the earth, Abraham reminds God that he's very old, too old to be a dad, and that his wife Sarah is too old to have kids too. When God tells David that he's going to become king of Israel, everybody thinks that he won't be a very good king because he's too young and he's just a shepherd. He doesn't have any real experience. When God tells Jeremiah that he's going to be a prophet to the people of Israel, Isaiah, or Jeremiah tells God, God, I'm just a kid. When God tells Mary that she'll give birth to the Son of God, she reminds God that she can't be a mom because she's a virgin and she isn't even married. None of these people were good enough to do what God was calling them to do, to do, to None of these people were good enough to do what God told them they were going to do. But God made them good enough. God gave them the words to say and guided them along the way and and helped them through the tough times and gave them everything that they needed to bring his message to his people, to do what he chose them to do. And God does the same for us. He gives us the words to say. He gives us people to help us and support us and encourage us. He gives us parents and friends and teachers and pastors and counselors. He gives us us people to help us, and not only that, he gives us his Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and gives us the words to say. When we let God work through us in this way, we join with a whole bunch of other people in the Bible and in world history who God has worked through to bring the message of the gospel. We join with Mary Magdalene, who cries out to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. We join with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, who tell the disciples that they have seen Jesus alive. We join with the Apostle Thomas, who cries out, my Lord and my God. And we join with Isaiah, who says, here am I, send me. Christ is risen. risen This is our message. This is what we believe. This is our hope and our faith, and our love. So bring this message to the world in the power of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Oh Lord our God, we thank you that you give us this encouraging story about Isaiah. Lord, you called Isaiah even though he thought he wasn't good enough, even though he knew he wasn't good enough. And and even though he wasn't good enough, you forgave his sins, you cleansed his lips, you gave him the words to say, and you, you equipped him to be your messenger to your people.
And Lord, you do this throughout the Bible on so many occasions with so many people, people who aren't good enough, who think that they don't have what it takes to do what you're calling them to do. But God, you always, always come through and equip people. And Lord, we pray that you will do that today. We pray that you will send us your Holy Spirit to fill us, to encourage us, to motivate us, to to enliven us so that we can be messengers of your gospel and bring your word to all people in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our families, and across the world. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.